0: to Lincoln's Musical Podcast. I'm your host, Lincoln, and if you enjoy kicking out about all things musicals, this is the podcast for you. Hello, everyone. Hi. How are you all doing today? I hope you're well. Um, I apologize for, again, there being no Friday episode, um, but this week was very hectic and chaotic, and I was doing with some personal stuff. I'm not going to go further into it than that, but um, you know. Things are happening. You're only going to get one episode this weekend as well. Again, I'm very sorry. This month is a very weird month um, in terms of that I am getting ready for exams in May, so things in May and in this month might be a little different and might be a little – this schedule might be a little dodgy. I do have a lot of good content coming up, but just know that if you don't get it as frequently, that's why I'm not turning away from the podcast. I think in the past episodes, like I've said then and I'm saying now, I am planning to this into the future with me, but – Just a lot of things are going down right now. A lot of moving pieces. I'm getting ready to end my year as a senior in high school. Um, You know all that crazy stuff. So if if this if this month seems hectic right now, that's why it is, and that's why I haven't been as on point as I would have like would like to be. Um, But for my listeners who still stick around, I appreciate you. I have to find other episodes for you to stick around. If you're new, but before I do go into anything further, what we're doing today, I'm gonna give my typical intro. Aside from the intro you just heard, my name is Lincoln. I love musicals. Made a podcast to talk about all things musicals. That's everything under the sun. Reviewing stage musicals. I talk about movie musicals with my brother, who's a filmmaker. I cover theater news, which I'm going to be doing today. I cover, um, I dreamcast things. I bring on my former castmates, if in terms of certain shows. Um, pretty much anything under the sun. I do special episodes where I review things. I talk about news. I talk about trailers. I talk about movie musicals. I like. I'll review them in depth. Um, and, you know, I'll do pretty much anything under the sun involving that. And it, um, you know, we've been doing this for about a year now. We're in our second year starting right now. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's very fun. It's very good. I love geeking out. And if you end up enjoying this episode and you're new, please continue to listen. I really appreciate you guys. If you're an old or new viewer, please follow if you listen to on Spotify so you know when I upload new episodes. Also... If you don't if you want to, if you don't want to watch on Spotify I have Apple podcasts Google Podcasts, overcast I'm available pretty much anywhere podcasts are um, I'm in the process of really developing the uh, the content and really developing this this uh, this podcast as a whole so <clears throat> please stick around for that journey and if you have any friends who you know might be interested in um, in theater or in uh, just nerding out about celebrities or just news in general, or just hearing rants or hearing my side of things, and just in general like hearing insightful conversations. I think this is the podcast for them. So please share it with a friend or a family you know, famer you know who might be interested in this. If you've been around long enough, or if you're new and you get a feel for what the, the podcast is like from this, and share it with a friend if you think they might you know enjoy. It. Because again. As we move forward into the future, I'm really trying to build this into something special. I'm so grateful to the audience that I have right now. Y'all are incredible. Um, and again, I just want to let you know why you won't be only getting one episode because my brother's actually out of town. We were going to have a movie musical episode. Um, but since he's out of town, we can't really do it. He's on studio right now, he's out of town, which is totally fine. I hope he's having a great time. But, you know, I figured I'm going to give y'all a good special episode today because there's a lot of things that have happened in the world. Um, in terms of theater, some kind of pieces of news that have been going on or that have happened, and I kind of wanted to give my piece on it, discuss it, kind of let y'all know what's going down right now, and, uh, you know, kind of just let y'all know, because I remember I did, I did a news episode in the beginning of January, and I think I did another one around February, um... But you know what? We haven't done one in a while, and I figured, what the heck? Let's 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 kind of get some. Uh, let's be worldly around here. Let's like let's discuss things with, that are going down in the theater world right now. What we're looking at, you know, as we continue to move forward, with people getting vaccinated now more efficiently, um, and you know, we'll, as we're beginning to slowly move out of this period and beginning to move forward, what what it looks like, and kind of you know my thoughts on that. So that that's what this episode will be. Today is a special episode. Like I said before, special episodes are really where I can divert and talk about anything that's on my mind or anything that I think is interesting. Uh, and for today, we're doing another news episode about all things theater. And we're going to be coming four stories, and we're going to be talking about kind of what that looks like. And, you know, a lot of it will be around kind of where the industry is going, what we can do to make it better, as an what I hope to do make to make it better as an aspiring actor. So if there are any aspiring artists out there, particularly in like either theater or film, what we can do better and what we should do better. I actually did another episode, uh, that was the 50th episode, on Women's History Month, and we really talked about uh, kind of what we as male human beings, not only in, as artists, but as like as a whole, as just human beings, male, uh, as men, what we should do better for women in society and in the arts and just in general. But now we will kind of talk about that and we'll kind of just discuss just in general what we need to do to be better. So before we go into the news, I want to say at the outset there will be a trigger warning. We're talking about abusive behaviors. We're talking about um, an anti-Asian-American sentiment. And we're talking about racism a little bit in here and kind of the reasoning behind that. Um, we'll be going into that. So if any of that is, you know, triggering for you right now or you don't, you know, or if right for right now, it's just not something you're ready to listen to or handle at wherever you're at in your mental or emotional space. I completely get it. Tune off now. And if you, if, if, should you feel better or feel able to come back to this episode if you are ready. But I want to put that at the outset because we will be discussing those things in this episode. And I understand that that is a tough topic for some people to hear about and to, you know, I, no matter what the circumstances may be, no matter what's going on with your lives, I just want to make sure I am being aware I know I have a platform here and I know I have an audience and I want to make sure that my audience knows and feels as comfortable as they can and feel safe as they can listening to this and being in this space because that matters and I also want to apologize because you can probably hear um, this lawnmower going on outside my house um, because well you know that is happening um, because like they're just run- they're doing lawns right now and they're doing lawn work outside my house and I don't know why I didn't remember that they do that at 10, but they do. So you know what? But I'm not going to stop the episode here. We're just going to start talking about it. Hopefully, it'll die down a little bit. But I know my voice is far louder than that thing is. Hopefully, it will be. And uh, But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into today's news episode of the podcast. So let's go. The first thing we are going to be discussing is Scott Rudin's abusive behavior on set. And if you don't know who Scott Rudin is, he is an American film and theater producer. And is uh, and one of the is an EGOT winner. EGOT for those who don't know is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony award winner, which means he's award he's won in all four categories. Um, if you don't know who Scott Rudin is um, or what he's worked on, um, you'll, you'll su- you might not know who he is. Like because I again I didn't know who he was, but. I'm going to go ahead and list some names because I've definitely watched a lot of his movies. So, let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, He did The Social Network, which featured Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, which was about the life of Mark Zuckerberg. Um, We had, of course, um, Fences, which featured Denzel Washington, Viola Viola Davis, um, True Grit, Haley Steinfeld, and um, Matt Damon, Josh Brolin. Um, You have Fantastic Mr. Fox, No Country for Old Men, Steve Jobs um the girl with the the girl with the dragon tattoo um you have the royal Tenon bombs uncut gems uh the isle of the dogs the truman show um clueless the stepford wives ladybirds um you have uh notes on a scandal let me see what else he's done uh like i said he did clueless Uh, He's, he's done many, many, he's produced many, a very famous film. If you want to know what he's done in terms of theater, he has, he produced, one of his big works was the, the Book of Mormon that he produced for, um, he's, he's produced many a play on Broadway as well, such as Hamlet, um, The History Boys, um, uh, Skylight, and, you know, we have, uh, he also, like I said, he did a Broadway revival of, um, Fences as well. And he also did, he's, he, like I say, he produced the Book of Mormon, the musical. He has just, he's, he also did um, Death of the Salesman um, with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Andrew Garfield. We saw a reason, he also did A Raisin in the Sun. Um, he also did To Kill a Mockingbird, although there were some issues there because of Ar- Harper Lee found that they were too much, too far away from the source material and they were not a fan of that. Also, it was directed by Aaron Sorkin. If you knew that that's just directed by Aaron Sorkin, if you don't know who he is, he's worked with David as well. Um, he's one of the most, I think, one of the most prolific and incredible writers. He's quite a Shakespearean in the way. He, like if you've seen his movies, you know no one talks like that. But the way he writes is like a masterpiece of wording. Um, but anyway, like I said before recently it has come out from many people who he worked with in the past who are now stage managers who are now producers in their own rights that he was quite abusive on set and i'm gonna discuss that with this article from people um written uh was posted on April 7th in 2021 so three days ago and i don't know why they put horrific in air quotes because what we're gonna find out what he did what if you have already know what he did that's not that's not don't put horrific in quotes around that that's Actively horrifying what he did, Hollywood and Broadway producer Scott Rudin accused of horrific abusive behavior by former employees. Um, Oscar-winning Scott producer Scott Rudin has been accused of abusive behavior by several of his former staffers. In a news from the Hollywood Reporter, several of, of Rudin's former employees accused the sixty-year-old, sixty-two-year-old producer and egot winner of violent outbursts on numerous occasions while they were both working were, were working for both him and his produ- production company, Scott Rudin Productions. Rudin declined to comment to the media outlet, and his rep has not responded to the people's request for comment. No charges have been known to be filed against him. According to the report, Rudin allegedly smashed an Apple computer monitor on the assistant's hand in October 2012 after the employee failed to get a seat on a sold-out flight. The assistant was left bleeding and was treated at the emergency room, a staffer at the time told THR. We were all shocked because we didn't know that sort of thing could happen in that office, Andrew Coles, a then assistant and now manager and producer of THR of the incident. We knew a lot could happen. There were guys that were sleeping in the office, guys who, whose hair were falling out and were developing ulcers. It was an intensive environment and it just felt different. It was a new level of unhinged and a level of lack, and a level of, lack of control that I've never seen before in a workplace." Caroline Rugo, who began working for Scott Rudin Productions as an executive coordinator in the fall of 2018, also detailed alleged instances of abuse by Rudin at the New York City office. He threw a laptop at the window in the conference room and then went into the kitchen where we could hear him beating on the napkin dispenser, Rugo told THR. Then another time he threw a glass bowl at a colleague. It's hard to say if he threw it in the general direction or specifically at the colleague, but the glass bowl hit the wall and smashed everywhere. The HR person left in the ambulance due to a panic attack. That was the environment. I mean, Ryan Nelson, who served as Rudin's executive assistant from 2018 to 2019, told THR HR he reportedly witnessed and experienced severe mistreatment by Rudin. He claimed Rudin once threw a stapler at a the theater assistant and called him a... I'm not even gonna say that word. That's so disgusting. But it it it's it's the R word. Y'all know what that word is. I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. Um, Every day was exhausting and horrific. Said Nelson, who told THR he has since left the industry altogether. Unbelievable. Not even the way he abused me, but the way he was but the watch, but watching the way he abused the people around me, who started to become my very close friends. You're spending 14 hours a day with the same people, enduring the same abuse. It became this collective bond with the with these people. Rudin, um, I'm excuse, I'm sorry. Rudin films include No Country for Old Men, which won the Oscar for Best Picture in two two thousand eight, as well as Lady Bird, Fences, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, School of Rock, Clueless, The Social Network, and Zoolander. He also produced Broadway shows including To Kill a, Bo- a Mockingbird, The Book of Mormon, Hello, Dolly, and Passion. He's won seventeen Tony Awards. His latest projects, the psycho- his latest project, the psychological thriller The Woman in the Window, will be released on Netflix by May. 14th the joe wright directed film stars amy adams gary oldman anthony mackie wyatt russell jennifer layson lee and julianne moore wow i mean I, how do you even begin i don't even know where to begin i just read that for the first time and the thing is i knew this i this is another film I've, I've heard about i heard about this a couple of days ago it was shocking to me then because i saw details that shocked me and it's just as shocking and it's a, and more appalling to me now I, here's the thing and I'm trying to collect my thoughts here because I have so many things to say about this. It, as an artist and as a human being, I believe that art, theater and other forms, that being music, that being visual art, that being film, have this power to tell not only tell stories but to unite us, to promote acceptance and to promote love and to show flawed human beings and finding themselves celebrating themselves and showing this world not as it is but maybe as it should be and if not inspires us to think that way and to see so to see and to acknowledge that so much abuse happens in in this industry that is dedicated to this is disgusting on a number of levels and it's shocking that someone at this position of power who has worked on such incredible works like this before can get away with something who has been in the industry for if he's 62 now that's 40 30 to 40 years I'm imagining he's been around this for this long and used his power his influence his reputation to abuse his staff. In that article, we found that someone left the industry because of the treatment he endured under this person's hands. And now, not only, and this is not even the most important thing, but we're going to forever not know what that person could have provided to the arts. We'll never know what stories he could have told in what mediums he could have told them in. Because of this man. That's not even considering the emotional and mental distress and trauma that this man put mis- that this is this employee under. It's. And imagine, imagine. I don't know what headspace you have to be in. I don't care if you how powerful you are or how much money you have to where you think in your right mind it's a good idea to throw a computer at someone's hand. A bull at someone's head in the... No, not even at someone's head. In the general direction of someone's head. Throwing a computer at someone's hand... Just because you don't get a ticket on a plane. And I know for all those movies he's produced... All those pieces he's produced... You can get a plane right the neck in another minute. I don't doubt that for one second. And the fact that you have don't have the sense to know better is insulting to me. And that's the thing. I can't even pretend that he doesn't have the sense. He does. If this 62-year-old man doesn't understand that, it's so... I'm sorry if I'm getting mad. Y'all know I can rant. But that is so effed up. And it speaks to a culture that has existed in the arts for far too long. And you want to know something, the reason why I'm upset, I was even more upset. Because I knew the film industry, is it, it sucks. The music industry, not much better. But as an aspiring theater actor, I thought we were better than that. Of all the shows I've seen that have shown me what love looks like, has taught me what acceptance and how beautiful it can be, how beautiful love can be, how beautiful representation can be, how beautiful it is to be 110% authentically you can be. It just blows my mind that someone in that industry abused people like that. That abuse is cumulative. Like that person said, Over 14 years, he watched his fellow co-workers, his fellow aspiring artists suffer, develop ulcers, lose hair. It was affecting their bodies. This man's abuse affected them. They had to sit there and watch that. And you're probably thinking, well, why didn't they talk earlier? Don't. First of all, victim blaming is never the move, okay? Never the move. I don't... Uh, that's disgusting. It is so wrong on a number of levels to say, well, they had it coming. They shouldn't have done this and this. If they if it was so bad, why didn't they say it earlier? Because we live in an industry where the people in power get away with murder. That's exactly how it happens. When you have people who who are who accumulate so much power and feel they can push people around? Let me tell you something. I was watching a an interview that had Roman Rowan Blanchard, um, the actress who plays um, Debbie in Shameless, Emma Emma I believe is her Emmy Emma I, I it's something with an E, and the two twins from Grownish. And Rowan witnessed a producer assaults like harass someone violate their personal space do something very inappropriate she went to someone the next day one of the heads said it's cool you're trying to don't say anything you're going to ruin that person's career you're going to ruin that person's career it wasn't a concern for the person who was a minor i mean you so many times we see this Kevin Spacey, uh, uh, here's one example, and it, it's so, it boggles my mind, I just finished watching Hollywood a week, weekend ago, the level of treatment and abuse towards actors, and it's, and, and you know it's worse for actors of color, w- females, women, w- women, and, <laughs> and actors of the LGBTQ community, you know it's worse for them it's infinitely worse because you know their treatment gets a lot harder because when you have a room, you have a production room of, of all white middle-aged men and we've seen this happen time and time again, it stops becoming a series of events. It becomes a pattern that we're seeing over and over and over again. And the thing is, some people don't have the luxury of being shocked like I do. It's at a point where I'm not shocked anymore. It's so maddening. So here's the deal. This is disgusting. And as an aspiring artist, as an aspiring human being, here's what I have to say. I'm not gonna say we, 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 we can do better. It's where we should do better, we're going to do better. We need to stop allowing people like this to get the power they have. And we need to stop letting it go on for years. And we need to stop accepting and normalizing it because of their reputation. I'm not talking about separating the artist from the art anymore. You can do that, I'm fine with that. But you know what? when this repeats for 14 years when this goes on for 14 years and there's no remorse and there's no and for one thing the fact that we had to figure this out means someone will sweep me under the freaking rug and the enablers are just as bad i saw a quote on this during women's history month it's a matter of nine out of ten men are incredible, and selfless, and are not monsters, but if they, if those, but when the one out of ten men does something horrible, and those nine men stay quiet, they might as well not be there, it applies then, it applies in the past, it applies right now, we need to stop, we need to, we, if we held people accountable, this stuff wouldn't happen, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen, and it's just so irritating to see, As artists, and I always say this, my generation is one of the most accepting, diverse, rising generations. And for the artists who are watching this, aspiring whether you want to be in theater, whether you want to be in music, whether you want to be... And this is not just to my performers. I'm going to give it two messages. I'm going to make it a twofold. For my aspiring performers, for my aspiring artists, know your worth. And know... Your value, and no, you. I feel like there's this feeling that you have to submit yourself. You have to do. You have to go along to get along in order to become successful. No, screw that. Okay, you are a human being. You deserve respect. Is a baseline. Everyone should get the chance to be successful. And there should be no need to compromise yourself or feel uncomfortable unless, like, there should be no need for that. You aren't undeserving of any harassment or cruel treatment. There's never an excuse for that. There's no explanation that justifies it. I don't, your comfort matters. You're, you being comfortable in the work you do matters. Because unless you're at your best, your work won't be. Unless you feel, you have a right to feel comfortable and choosing to feel your best and feeling your best when you work. There's this feeling, I'm sick and tired of this compromise. You have to make sacrifices. You have to let things slide. None of that is ridiculous. I'm tired of hearing about it. And I know the worst part of it is it won't probably be the last time we hear it. But you know what? It starts with us. And it starts with calling it out. It starts with actively saying it's not okay. It's called making noise. It's called dismantling the systems. And this right here is one of the reasons I it irks me when I hear people say back to normal. Normal for a lot of people wasn't great. It sucked actually. So you know what we're going to do? We're not going to go back to Normal. We're going to take this as the opportunity to restructure, dismantle crappy systems that have been crappy for years in the arts and in this world as a whole. And hopefully, and I'm not going to stop that, and it starts with me, because I don't want to just be an actor. I want to be a writer. I want to be a creator. I want to be a songwriter. I want to be a lot of things. So you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that my future endeavors, my future projects, that's not tolerated. Everyone's comfortable. Everyone's respected. Everyone's loved. I'm all about the power of, I'm all about the families, the chosen families that can be built whilst creating art. And there is no place for people like Scott Rudin in those families. That means representation. That means acceptance. That means love. That means tolerance. Respect is a baseline that you get. Respect should always be the baseline. So you know what? That's how it's gonna be. It starts with me, and I'm not gonna stop speaking about this when it comes up. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna stop this podcast. I'm not gonna stop making sure that I, when I see this, when I see that happen in my workspaces, I'm gonna call that out. I'm gonna make it known, and I'm not gonna stop until hopefully. Scott Rudin's don't get to do the crap that they do and affect this world because don't get me wrong For all those people out there Who could have made a difference with their work who are probably leaving because they don't feel safe anymore It's because of him we will never know what they could have done to help make this world better with their work And that that makes me the maddest of all I'm sorry if that no, I'm not gonna apologize because that's what I would have done I'm not going to apologize for being who I am and how I feel. That is how I feel about this. And again, this is wrong and it shouldn't be happening. And now I'm going to move on to the next piece of news. (sighs) But I'm going to take a breath first because that took a lot out of me. And I think it's because that's how I've been feeling for quite a bit now. And I need to say it. (sighs) <sighs> in some more light-hearted news, um, there are some new theater adaptations in the works, that being adaptations from famous movies and TV shows, actually. These are not, in, this is not, this is not, and, and part of, among those are A Game of Thrones and The Queen's Gambit. There's also potentially a 13 going on 30 musical adaptation coming to, in the works as well. And that's just the th- and that's just three. There are many, many more on in development right now that are being thought about and are being planned. So what we're looking at basically is we're getting a whole massive amount of you know theater former IPs turned into theater productions. And it's interesting. I want to bring this up because Stanley, my brother, and I've actually had many conversations about this. We've talked about how um, how there's a lot of Broadway content that people seem to love. Is originally a movie originally a book i mean for instance you look at shrek the musical you look at um all the disney pieces i mean like they were all movies beforehand right spongebob you have um like i said all the disney pieces a lot of the- mean girls is another one heathers there are quite beetlejuice i mean the list goes on and on and on a lot of pieces from theater are adaptations and Catherine Steele made a very interesting video. She's a great YouTuber. Catherine Steele, check her out. She has an amazing YouTube channel. Um, She's so iconic and very funny and very cool. And and, uh, her videos brighten my day always. She said, there's a lack. Why are there not many original Broadway stories, right? Why are there not? And I actually had to reckon with that question. A lot of people, and Celia said, called it commercial theater. And, you know, and, and I've thought about that for a bit. And you know, as someone who loves these pieces and really appreciates them, and and some of my dream roles are in those pieces, like The Wedding Singer as well, again, another one. Well, here's the thing, and this is my perspective on it, and again, this is my perspective, there's no right and wrong for this, but I think adaptations, theater adaptations of pieces can be good. They can be, trust me, because they can bring people to theater that is always my ideal goal you know you know what i'm saying i think i mean you look at the people uh, shows like mean girls shows like heathers shows like um you know uh the, the disney shows of course like aladdin and uh, lion king those bring people into theater and we should always celebrate that more people loving theater is always a good thing you know what i'm saying so i think this is. it's great to have them However, as a storyteller myself, I too believe in the power of original stories. I do believe we should have more original content and storytelling on Broadway. I do, but I don't think either should come at the expense of the other. Let me rephrase. Let me restate it again. You can have original Broadway story musical stories on Broadway, and you could have adaptations. Both require creativity, and both can be successful one does not invalidate the other in my opinion i think the best way to move forward as i've said before my last topic quite angrily is that we need to move forward i think it would be best to strike a balance as an original storyteller myself and someone who wants to maybe one day take uh, a piece may i have a a lot of incredible movies and tv shows that i love who i would love to adapt if they have not already been So, that's not me saying that we can't, you know, do that, but I think the best way to move forward so that everyone can be successful, that we can tell original stories, that we can also bring people in and tell, and again, I'm not saying that you can't tell cool stories, again, because those pieces wouldn't be having, wouldn't have, like, the popularity they have if they don't have good stories, you know what I'm saying? So, I think there's a way to do both. I think there is. I think that you... Had to strike a balance between the two. There can be both, and I feel like what's cool is if you have these adaptations and that draws people in, then that's when they can start looking at these original stories and build the fandom that way. Again, it comes into this idea. Recently, I've been thinking about this. It's that um, you can ultimately you can have a. I feel like there's this desire, there's this need. Like if I if if that person succeeds, I fail which is so not true. And I remember I saw this incredible quote. It said, I don't, I, I can't, you can't compete with me because I want you to win too. Let me say it again. You can't compete with me because I want you to win too. How incredible is that? Imagine if we took that mindset moving forward and not just theater and other arts. I feel like, one second, I need some water. That's better. <laughs> um, that rants a lot out of me. I was just continue. I can't ch- chug right along. So imagine if we took that mindset into not only all the art forms, theater, music, a lot of times, I mean, I'm not saying competition isn't healthy. It is healthy. However, multiple, we, I think if we move forward with a positive and loving energy of wanting us all to succeed in our own ways, working together, being more collaborative all of that will make things better in both the arts and in the world. We, there's this, always this toxic need that if I, by tearing someone down, let me tell you something. Just because tearing someone else down does not make yourself any bigger. It's not building yourself up. If we learned that, if we tried that a bit more, I think we would all be a little happier. And I think it definitely holds true to this. I think that there is a way for both original stories on Broadway, original musicals, and ad- theater musical, adapta- musical adaptations from other IPs to be successful at the same time. They can coexist, and they can, and they should. I think that, and also, again, it comes down, uh, I talked about gatekeeping a couple episodes back. I think, again, if you, you can be a fan of original stuff, you can be a fan of adaptations, and both are okay both can be both should be okay and again calling people not real fans because they only come in for as my brother calls them commercial commercial theater sometimes that's not fair you never know what that sure show can do for you you never know my first show was strike the musical and musical adaptation and that launched my passion and has helped me discover countless other musicals that have helped me become the human being that I am today. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. So trust me when I say I think they can both exist, but we have to have a balance. I don't know what that balance looks like yet. And I'm not the sole authority on that, obviously. I mean, I want to be a storyteller one day. And I I think also we don't have to just exist in one category. We can do musical adaptations and we can do original stories vice versa it's possible and i think we need to remember that so that's my thought on the new adaptations um i'm very interested to see it although it does mean my schedule will become more busy because it means i'm gonna have to cat, i'm gonna have to watch the queen's gambit and game of thrones and um, again, Bridgerton TikTok, I don't know what's going on. The new Bridgerton TikTok musical, I don't know where it is at the moment, but I need to watch Bridgerton because if it becomes a success like Ratatouille did, I will have to be ready to cover it because I don't want to get blindsided again. And that means I'll have less time on my hands because I have to watch all these new shows so I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm watching. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the second piece of news. Um, and now we can go to the next piece of news, which is another good news piece, which I think is great. So, um, Broadway, as of now, um, plans to reopen in September 2021 at, I think, 33%. That's the plan as of now. Now, you all know me. I am very excited. And, it's been great to see so many people getting vaccinated at such a great rate now. You know, it, I was very shocked. You know, what and I, and it is, I think if we continue at the pace that we're at, I think it's possible. And I think also as we get closer to a to reopening and as we get closer to being able to reunite and create together and in the same spaces again, I think, I don't know, I'm overjoyed. But I'm also, like I said before, I talked about the first piece of news. We need to do better. And also, if we want to get to that point, we need to continue to be safe. There are people out there who are acting like this never happened. And, are, and, and if we don't all do our part, I know it's tempting. I know things are getting better with the vaccines. We're beginning to get more vaccinated. We're beginning to, get, we're ready to move forward. We need to remember that. We need to remember it's not over. We're not out of the woods yet. We need to continue to behave. We've made it this far. We made it a year, y'all. And all we got to do is make it a bit more. We just got to stick it out. So if we're going to do that, I think, again, this is also the piece of hopeful news. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. As of now, it's at least I've seen on the updates of like the Broadway news um, as of right now. But I think, again, I at really should remember to be creative and I remember to be grateful. And I remember Jo Ellen Pelman said something that was really cool. She said... When things reopen, not only do I want to be on stage, I want to see people on stage. And that's beautiful. Like I said, I want to see more live theater and more live concerts. But again, there were, I, we will get our chance to get back into the things we love. But just as important, we need to be ready to support the people who were right there before this thing shut down. If you don't know, shows like Jack of the Little Pill, shows like Moulin Rouge, and Beetlejuice shut down right before, during their show with times, and during the, before their show came out. And that we need to remember that for them, and there were shows that were getting ready to come out as well, like the, there was, there was be a company company revival. And they were getting ready to be released. But then this happened and we need to be ready to support them and love them and cheer them on when the lights go back up, because you can bet your bottom dollar when the time comes, when we can all sit in those theaters together, hear the orchestra warming up, the lights going down, the lights going up, the curtains parting, if there's a curtain and a story being told that makes us realize what the world could be. It, I can't wait. And I really am hopeful and i really look forward and like i said before in other episodes seeing the creative rising tide of my generation during this pandemic if this is what we can right talk right the tiktok musical um and my friend lily and her school still doing productions seeing i just seeing people continue seeing my brother make countless films and have his first freshman reel and still making a film right now that i got to take part of this year last year i should say it if this is what we can do, in uh, unconducive and tricky times, I can only imagine, and it can barely contain my glee and excitement, to know what we're gonna do when we can finally reunite and really kick it into high gear. It makes me so happy. It does. Um. So now we're going to get into the last piece of news, and I hate to end it on a negative news. Well, it's not. Again, it's not negative. But it's something that matters, and I'm gonna try and find a spin at the end of it. I think I'm gonna do my best to just speak this piece of news into existence and then we're gonna wrap it out. Alright, y'all? Let's do this. So, the LA Stage Alliance is disbanding. Let's talk about why. I'll be looking at a New York Times article. Um, and I'm I'm just gonna kinda of discuss <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm gonna kinda of discuss it. This article is The LA Stage Alliance Disbands After Awards Ceremony Blunder. The organization that runs the annual competition honoring theater work in Los Angeles imploded after it misidentified an Asian American actor. Let's discuss, shall we? It was written by Michael Paulson on April 5th, 2021, so five days ago. Here we go. Julie Lee, an actor and director had a bad feeling about this year's ovation awards, the annual competition honoring stage work in Gray, Los Angeles. She was a voter who had never been told when the ceremony would be, and she learned that she was a nominee only when she was given 48 hours to submit a pre-taped acceptance speech for use in the event that she won. She watched anyway. And what she saw was not good. The awards ceremony streamed online last week, showed a picture of a different Asian-American actress when announcing her category. Again, I haven't read these in advance. I need to reread that. The award ceremony streamed online last week showed a picture of a different Asian-American actress when announcing her category. And it mispronounced her name. Lee laughed, reflecting a lifetime of trying to be a good sport but her boyfriend grabbed a screenshot and posted it on social media, and he was not the only one. The reaction was swift and furious, as long-simmering frustration over the functioning of the LA Stage Alliance, which administers the awards, combusted with the pain and anger of an Asian American community devastated by a wave of anti-Asian violence. 46th Theater res- resigned from the Alliance, about a third of its members, and on Monday the organization, which for nearly half a century had been the main coalition for a sprawling theatrical ecosystem in the nation's second-largest city, announced it was disbanding. It is with deep regret that the Board of Governors has unanimously decided to cease all operations, the group said in a statement posted on social media. The rapid implosion was precipitated most recently by East-West players, the Asian-American theater that co-produced Hannah and the Dread Gazebo, the play in which Lee performed. In another slight, the Ovation Awards attributed the production only to the Fountain Theater, saying it would not credit Uh, co-producers. Unbelievable. I need more water, guys. Uh, The morning after the ceremony... uh, I'm gonna mispronounce that. I'm so sorry. Sinhal... Desai, the producing artistic director for the East-West Players, announced that his theater was revoking its membership in the Alliance and urged others to do the same. (sighs) I feel like I needed to make a strong statement because we were paying to be a part of this organization that was diminishing us, Desai said, and I did call on other theaters to join us because I wanted more than statements of support. Statements don't do anything. I mean, can you blame him? Can you blame him for anything He's saying right now, guys, I'm not even finished with the article, but can you blame the guy? Of course he's going to feel like that. Many of the region's theaters, which had had been speaking up in support of diversity, equity, and inclusion, first in response to the unrest over racial injustice last summer, and then again into hate crimes in this spring, followed suit. This was an inexcusable, terrible, unfortunate act. But it was also emblematic of a bigger failure of the LA Stage Alliance in the past few years, said Danny Feldman, the producing artistic director at the Pasadena Playhouse who said the organization's inadequacy had become more clear during the pandemic. They lost the confidence of the community, and that was the tipping point. The LA Stage Alliance was a nonprofit dating back to nineteen seventy-five that sought to support theater in Los Angeles. In addition to overseeing the ovation awards, it maintained onstage LA a website with listings and ticket discounts, and published a digital arts magazine called At This Stage. Last summer, the organization furloughed its staff. Emails to the executive director, Marco Gomez, were answered by a publicist, Ken Werther, who said the leadership was declined to make any further comments. Lee, in an interview on Monday, said she was uncomfortable being seen as the face of the controversy, but also was upset about the events that had transpired. I was trying to be brave. And try not to make it a big deal, she said. But then, reading all the posts, all the anger and the pain that was being expressed, I had to acknowledge that this is angering and painful and hurtful. And there have been so many attempts to try and get the LSA Alliance to be more inclusive, and they've largely been ignored. (sighs) Deaf West Theater, the nation's leading sign language theater, sought unsuccessfully to have this year's ovation ceremony interpreted for the deaf. All of these oppressions go hand in hand, said DJ Kurz, the theater's artistic director. We are all fighting the same fight, and we're fighting it together. Los Angeles had a robust theater community that is often overshadowed by the city's film and television industries, and includes not only a handful of big-budget not-for-profits, but also a large number of small organizations, many of which were facing financial stress even before the pandemic. Throughout the pandemic, 65 of the intimate theaters have been meeting collectively as alternative theaters of Los Angeles to compare notes and support one another. Gary Grossman, an an organizer of this group and the producing artistic director of Skylight Theater Company, called the collapse of the Sage Alliance the right outcome. They have not represented the community, he said. It needs to be rethought from the ground up. A variety of Los Angeles theater industry's leaders interviewed Monday and said the stage alliance was already in trouble financially before the latest conflagration and its future had seemed uncertain throughout the pandemic. And several described the number of grievances with the organization citing insufficient diversity in its leadership and programming. In an effective response to the pandemic, high membership dues have made it hard for some theaters to participate in a pay-to-play system in which theaters were supposed to pay a fee for each production they wanted a certain award. Y'all can't see my face, but I'm getting frustrated, all right? I've been frustrated with the Scott Rudin thing, but this is just irritating. There's been a fraught relationship from the perspective of most theater companies, said Megan Pressman, the managing director and chief executive of the Center Theater Group, which is the biggest of the Los Angeles not-for-profits. Pressman said, Many theater administrators have already begun talking about what happens next. I do think that the community can come together and craft what we need to do in an organization, she said, and I don't know if these awards will continue, but... I feel strongly that some awards should because it's an important way to celebrate the community. It is such a. I don't know what to say, guys. I don't. I think, on the one hand, that this happened. I just. Firstly, I am. My love and my pride for these theaters and for these actors and actresses goes out. All of them to all of you. If y'all are listening, I don't know if you are, I don't know why you would be, but if you are listening, y'all have my love, you have my support, and I am I am here for you. Okay? This is unbelievable that this has gone on for so long. This system, this LSH Alliance, it I think they're right, it had to go. If from what I'm seeing in this article, this isn't okay. For too long, we have allowed things like this: the mispronunciation of someone's name, the disregarding of our art and our worth. Again, like I said with Scott Rudin, if we start eroding, if we if we let one thing slide, pretty soon we're eroding everything. Imagine. Having to pay to be considered for an award. I don't even get how that works. Imagine restricting, restricting productions, denying funds to promote representation. It's just, it's disgusting. It really is. I think, like that person down there said, it was right. This system didn't work for them. And again, I think this shows that we can do it. We can actively say, this doesn't work anymore. And unless you're going to actively try to make things better, we're not going to take part. And again, he was right. Desai was right. Statements don't work. We're past that point. Okay? We can't keep pretending like it works. It doesn't. Because as long as we keep saying one thing and doing another, saying we're against it and supporting them and standing with them in their actions, nothing changes. Action is what it requires. It does. It does. And I think that now, with this alliance no longer being a thing, as I said, moving forward. We're not going back to anything. We're going forward with something. Lost These theaters, these actors, these producers finally get to change things they get to move forward and tell stories that matter and get to in, 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 implement policies that matter and benefit providing more representation providing more opportunities for success and sell and still can celebrate and we don't know where it's going to go but i'm an optimist at the end of the day i'm an optimist Things only begin to get better when we address the problem and when we try and solve it. They've addressed it, and now that system is gone. Like they said, they disbanded it. So now the time comes for change. And the reason why is because we have a bunch of diverse people down there who are now about to take a stand. Not-for-profits are going to take a stand, and they're going to they're going to do it. They're going to fight for this. I know they will. Because like I've said, more theater more life. We're going to make things better. And that's kind of the overall theme. We're getting closer to where we're going to be able to return. We're going to be able to move forward. We're going to be able to reunite, hug people again. We're going to be able to do that. And if we're going to do that, if we can, if we as we will, as we return, as we move forward, We need to remember some things. We need to remember to hold people accountable. We need to promote love, acceptance, representation, tell stories that matter, and be fair to one another. We need to support one another. We need to love one another. We need to be there for one another. We need to remember that the things that worked don't always work now. We need to be understanding, and we need to remember that respect is a baseline. It always should be. That should be a given. No one should have to ask for respect. No one should have to compromise who they are or their comfortability. That should never be okay. And so with that being said, I think that's where we're going to wrap this episode up. I know this is probably a really heavy one and a long one, but you know what? That's the world sometimes. And I would, and I know I said, I'm going to, I'm, I, and, I, and I am. I know I said, and I am I'm trying to make this podcast positive. But sometimes when this world sucks and people do terrible things, we need to call it out or it may as well continue to happen. It doesn't stop until people say, hey, no, that's wrong, this is why, here's what we're going to do to make it better, and then we do it. Look at the Los Angeles theaters right now, the Pasadena Playhouse, these other theaters. They actively stood up and saw it and said, no. And, we're, and here's how, we're not going to put up, we're not going to be passive, we're not going to accept that anymore. And we also need to remember to not victim blame. We need to celebrate their strength, we need to be understanding, we need to be empathetic. That has to happen. Or, and again, I, I hold all the confidence and the love and the joy and the hope in the world for my generation. There are so many incredible people I know and have the pleasure to know and have the privilege to know. And... I know that this community, this podcast I have, the people who listen, y'all are part of that too. Know that I'm there for you. Know that I love you. And I hope you take something from this. Um, and I really appreciate you all who suck around for this. And I appreciate you all more than words can say. So, thank you. With that, I'm going to close it out. Thank you so much for listening. You, I'm going to probably churn out two or three episodes next weekend to make up for this one only. And... Thank you. I hope you're happy, healthy, healthy and safe. I hope. Drink lots of water. Take a walk. Love yourselves. And I'll see you all next time. Bye, guys.